Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. Great to see you this morning, and for those worshiping online, it's great to be with you as well. And um, my name is Graydon, and uh, I'm I'm a youth pastor, and I am married. That's more important, married and a father. And uh, they couldn't be here this morning, which I'm sad about. But yeah, we got a picture up here. Look at this. Look at this incredible family that that I have. This is the great Cassie Nickel took our uh, our newborn pictures here. So married to Christina. We started dating when I was 15. So this is a big deal. Um, we got a family now. It's crazy. Natalie and Margaret, who we call Maggie, uh, little daughters, and they are incredible. I just want to give a special shout out to Christina. I love you. I'm so proud of you. She's incredible. She's such a, a great mom, and and she's incredible. Just throughout all this pandemic time, she has been amazing and a complete rock. So. All right, let me pray, and then I'm going to jump into my introduction. Jesus, we love you. We love you this morning. We love you. We love you. We can't say it enough, Jesus. We can't stop worshiping. You're so good. You're so good. And Lord, as we walk into Advent, Lord, we remember that you came to us. We remember that you are God with us, and we pray that that revelation would come over us again this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I know in 2020, if there's one question that you've had on your mind. I know, I know what it is. It's, is Graydon going to preach the first week of Advent again? <laughs> Don't worry. I am. It's happening. Your greatest fears can just go away. I am. I'm preaching the first week. Now, I, I was joking with Jamie that I guess I'm the Advent guy now, and that's okay with me because I'm a fan of Christmas. I mean, I don't know about y'all. Christmas is kind of a, it's a good thing. So, um, no, I love Advent. That was actually part one last year. It just took me a year to write part two. It took some time. So, you know, um, but I'm excited. Last year, I got really excited about this word behold, right? We behold Advent, Jesus. I mean, behold means to, to stop and wait and look. Don't miss this. Jesus has come. And I think that's a good word still. Um, but I recognize that Advent 2020 is a little bit different than Advent 2019. I don't know about y'all. The atmosphere maybe is a little bit different. So I'm preaching in light of 2020. Last, last year, uh, right before I was preaching, I was going to TCU football games and, you know, big family Thanksgivings and decorating for Christmas, all that kind of stuff. And this year, you know, last week I was waiting on a COVID test. Hashtag negative. What up? What's up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, still, still decorating for Christmas, though, because Christmas cheer cannot be stopped, right? Um, but, but I recognize that it's different this year, right? Some of us are celebrating Advent for maybe different reasons, right? Some of us are maybe celebrating, like, December, because, like, yeah, Christmas, but also it's the end of 2020, right? Like, that's kind of a popular thing right now. It's just like, can we just get through 2020? Some of us are just looking for something stable, comfortable, right? Like, we just want normal things. Um, and those are all good reasons, absolutely. But I'm excited for Advent because I think it absolutely, it, it's, a, it's this good news that, that you and me and all of history are transformed, that everything is different uh, because of what Jesus has done, because he has come to us. Um, and so there's this one truth that we're going to talk about during this series. And I'm going to talk about this morning, this one truth that would absolutely transform you. It would change all of reality if we would just believe it and live it out. And it's this, God is with us. God is with us. And those are just four words, right? It just doesn't seem like super crazy transformative. Like, yeah, no, I got that, Graydon. I already knew that, 
right? Emmanuel, basic stuff, right? But, you know, it's not like a, like a really trendy, like you probably don't put it on a poster or something. Like it's not an inspirational quote necessarily, but it's like one of those things where you say that and you turn the words around and it means something different. People love that. You know what I'm saying? Like Christmas, it's not a day about gifts. It's a gift about a day. <laughs> Jesus born, right? No, people love that stuff. Um, it's not like that. It's just Jesus. God is with us. God's with us, right? God is with us. But, but that would really change everything if we really yeah. believed it, yeah. right? I mean, this is incredible. What if what we really need the most in 2020 is just to know God is with us? God is with us. And we know, we know this, but there's a difference between knowing something and believing it, right? There's an absolute difference. We know so many things that we do not let affect our lives, right? How many sermons have we listened to and said, man, my life's never going to be the same. And then like Monday night football comes around and phew, it's just gone, right? Like, but, but if we believe it, if we put it into practice, it changes everything. Really, that's what sin does, right? Sin allows us to just create alternate realities where we just, we just don't really believe the truth of God, the reality that God is with us. That's what happened in Genesis 3, right? Is Satan came, or the serpent came to Eve and said, you know, did God really say? Like, you're not really going to die, right? He's inviting Eve to create an alternate reality where God didn't say that and where I'm not going to die, right? And, and so that's what we do all the time. We're constantly creating our own realities to our personal preferences. And here, let me use another illustration if, if, in case that's kind of way up here. It's real relatable, very serious. The first Julie Andrews movie I ever saw was Mary Poppins when I was a young child. Very serious. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, but what was her hair color in that movie? Yeah, it was real dark, right? It was dark hair. So I, innocent child, I'm walking around in my life. I'm living in a reality where Julie Andrews has dark hair. And then I saw Sound of Music. And it turns out Mary Poppins had a wig on, right? I didn't know it. I was walking around like an idiot believing that she had dark hair, right? It turns out, and you know, and another example for our younger people is Elf, right? Uh, she had, uh, what was her name? Zoe Deschanel. She had blonde hair and then turns out she had dark hair. The opposite? What's going on here? Okay. I was living in an alternate reality. Okay. And, and isn't this, <laughs> sorry, that was a weird example. Um, you know, once, but once I woke up to that fact, that Julie Andrews is in fact blonde, I couldn't just go back to the old reality. I couldn't, if I did, I would just be pretending, right? I'd be living in my own world where I just get to decide what hair color she is, right? And, and we do this with, with actual reality, right? God with us, this is reality. This is reality. And we choose to live in different realities all the time, but that doesn't make them real, right? God with us, this changes everything if we'll just wake up to it. We cannot unknow this, guys. God is with us. We can relegate it to something that we know but don't live like it's true, but we can't unknow this. I want to invite you all during this series to really believe that God is with us, that the incarnation of Jesus really means something for our lives. So that's what we're going to unpack this morning. Here's the main thing. The main thing is this. God is with us in our mess, and he's bringing peace. It's very simple this morning. God is with us in our mess, and he's bringing peace. This is really good news, guys. This is really good news. In fact, it's the best news. There is no better news than this. So let's break it down. We're going to take this statement each point at a time. Point number one, God is with us. If y'all want to turn to Matthew 1, we're going to read Matthew 1, verse 18 through 23. Uh, here talking about Jesus and his birth. So starting in verse 18, 
Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to make, take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Amen. That is the word of God. And so here we come to this story, and, and last year I talked about this. I can't go into this, but just it's an amazing story. We really do need to stop and just, like Christmas story, it's not boring. It's not boring. It's incredible. There's miracles. Uh, it's, it's this baby that comes to save the world. It's absolutely amazing. But this year I really want to focus in on this idea of God is with us and that he has come near. Okay, I feel like that was the phrase that God was really speaking to me. He's come near. We believe in this paradox of the incarnation. Let me explain the incarnation just in case that's, that's a new thing. The incarnation is, is that Jesus, um, this idea that God sent his son, Jesus, to be fully divine and fully human. We believe in that paradox. God, Jesus was fully divine and fully human. He is the intersection of God and humanity. He's both. Of heaven and earth, he's both, right? Um, and it's through that taking on flesh that Jesus saved all of humanity. I know it sounds Weird to believe that in post-enlightenment 2020, right? But I actually think we have good reasons to believe it. Um, and so I'm going to use this phrase, come near, because I want to communicate the, the close proximity of Jesus to us. I think we need this word in 2020. Jesus is with it. And that, that means proximity. It means physical proximity because Jesus actually came to earth. Like in history, Jesus came to earth. And, and that messes with us because we believe sometimes that God is distant, Right? Our cultural and even religious backgrounds make us think that God is way out there, like he's past the planet Neptune, right? That's not true. It's, to make it, you know, it's very complicated, but to make it really simple, that's just not biblical, okay? From Genesis to Revelation, the entire scripture says that God is actually a near God. He's a close God. He's involved with humanity. He's involved with human history. He is not distant. He was never distant ever, but we see this most clearly in the incarnation. This is not new. It's not as if Jesus finally got close in the incarnation, but this is when we really see it in its fullness. Jesus came to us. He took on limited humanness. This is absolutely incredible. There's no other gods that do this. There's no one else that does this. And because God is not a distant God, to say that Jesus came near is, again, waking up to reality. It really is like waking up. It's to say that, that, that creation is by him and through him and for him. It's an affirmation that God did create creation to be good, that God is loving, that, that we are created in his image. This is such an incredible affirmation by our creator, the creator who became created. What? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. The sustainer of life becomes a baby. You cannot make this up. But it's not just physical proximity. The incarnation is also about relational intimacy. And these are two distinct things. Because, and we know this, right? In a relationship, you can be sitting right next to someone and you can feel a thousand miles of distance, 
right? So it's not just about physical proximity. Jesus came so that, that we could have relational intimacy, that he was among us. He was within us in humanity. This is really good news, but it's not easy. And so that brings us to our second point, that God is with us, but he's with us in our mess, right? It, I've been mostly just sharing good news, but again, I'm preaching in light of this year, 2020, and 2020 is messy, but I feel like there's a word here for us to recognize that God is with us in our mess. He's not just with us like in an abstract sense. He's with us in the mess. And I think there's a word here for us as Christians in 2020 that we would not just ditch 2020 at all costs, that we serve this creator that actually steps into messes. He doesn't withdraw from messes, right? And so I think there's a call for us. He took that burden upon himself to step into our mess. And how are we doing with that in 2020? I know it's hard, but are we engaging in the chaos to transform it through Jesus? You know, Jesus knew something about hardship. He knew something about hardship. Okay, 2020 is absolutely hard, and I'm not belittling that, but Jesus lived in a world full of suffering and hardship. Okay, we've got COVID. Jesus knew something about the dangers of disease. First century, no healthcare, right? He knew something about the dangers of disease. How did he, how did he respond? He healed people. He healed people, but he also wept at Lazarus' death. And so he entered into humanity and said, I'm not above it. I'm not above the mess. I'm not above the pain. We've got natural disasters in 2020, right? Wildfires and hurricanes. And Jesus knew something about the precarious natural world. And he looked at the storm and he said, peace, be still, right? We've got violence and injustice. Jesus knew something about injustice and oppression. He lived in a world that was occupied by Rome, a brutal empire. He was unjustly executed. And he looked at his disciples and he said, the way of the world will not be so among you. He knew something about that. We've got competing authority claims. Jesus knew something about political strife, y'all. Like things were not easy in the first century in Israel. He said, give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And just to like make a little bit more sense of that, the coin had the image of Caesar on it. What does humanity have the image, right? God's image is on us. What, what do we get? What is God's? Us? Everything? Oh, it's all his? Jesus knew something about political strife. We've experienced loss, right? Life and jobs and dreams and, and time with those that we love. Jesus knew something about loss, right? Because his entire life, his incarnation, it was a journey down to the cross. He knew something about loss. Jesus knows our suffering because he's God with us in our messy world. He is God with us in our messy world. And that means that he did not save us from a distance. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he could have just like written the check and sent it off and saved humanity. You know what I mean? He could have just, you know, we sometimes do that. It's, it's a good thing. It's really good. But, but that's not, that's just not what God is like. He actually gets down into the world, into the mess, right? And that's how he saves us. He incarnates, he enfleshes himself in the world so that he can love us with redemption. If you want to find Jesus, he just might be in the mess, redeeming things. If you want to know where he is. But he also didn't just come near as a, a holy divine being, you know, like invading the earth. Like Jesus is not Superman. You know what I'm saying? That sounds weird, but Superman, 
I actually don't know very much about Superman, if I'm being honest, but I think I know this, that he was like an alien baby, and he came to Earth, and then he started saving people, right? So he was wholly other, disconnected from humanity, but he's like, but I'm awesome, so I'm going to save you. And Jesus is not like that. He's actually better than that, because Jesus chose to make himself less, to come into humanity, right? Jesus is not Superman. He's way, way better. Did you notice in Matthew 1, as you were turning there, that there's a genealogy before what we read? Why? We usually skip those, let's be honest. But genealogies are actually amazing, and we can learn a lot from them. But why is there a genealogy? To show that Jesus was actually born. Like, he was actually human. Like, he was connected to humanity. He was enfleshed. He had a long history called Israel. He's not Superman. He's better than Superman. He emptied himself to become one of us, to come into the mess. That is true love. So the question is, do we believe this? right? Do we, do we know it or do we believe it? Do we believe this? Because it messes with our view of God, right? We have this view of God that, that he can't be around sin, right? And here comes Jesus just taking all our boxes and ripping them apart and tossing them in the trash, right? He comes into the mess and he starts touching the unclean and being around sinners. I mean, just look at his group of disciples. Oh my goodness. He discipled Simon the Zealot, Right? He was ready to take up violent arms against Rome. He also discipled Matthew, the tax collector, the sellout to Rome, the Benedict Arnold, if you will. Right? And what do you think Matthew and Simon talked about around the fire? Right? Pre-Holy Spirit, maybe? Let's, let's talk about that. I mean, they spent some time together. Like, you think if they had conversations, do you think they were very civil? Or maybe were they like that Facebook argument that you were watching last night, kind of anonymously? I know y'all do it. I know you do, right? Was it more like that? This was in Jesus's life group, okay? Jesus was leading that life group. You think your life group is awkward? Get Matthew and Simon in your life group. It'll get more. So when I say, when I say God is in the mess, he's with us in the mess, I actually mean it. Like, I really actually mean it. Like, Jesus came to earth, and he surrounded himself with mess, and, and I think that's the type of God that he is. 2020, it's been a mess. 2021, it's not a miracle worker. We're bringing in our brokenness into the new year, right? It's not like it's just going to be, oh, January, finally, everything's great, right? No, our hope is Jesus, who is with us in the mess. He's not leaving us in the mess. He's not at a distance in the mess. He's with us. This is really, really comforting. You know, we could all come up with intellectual defense for the goodness of God, and we should do that. That's important. But much better news is the incarnation, that Jesus is with us in the midst of suffering. And I think if you've ever been through a tragedy, you know this, right? That what's most comforting is when people are just for you and with you, not necessarily bringing advice and a lot of answers, just to be with you. Jesus is with you. In 2020, if you've suffered, if you've lost loved ones, if you've lost your job, whatever it is, Jesus is with you and he's for you. And this is enough. God is not far off. This is really, really good news. But here's the really great news is that he doesn't just leave our mess unaffected. So this is our last point here. God is with us in our mess and he's bringing peace. He's bringing peace in the midst of it. And in Luke 2, we learned about this guy named Simeon. Simeon had been uh, living, just anticipating the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit had told him that you're not going to die before you see the Messiah come. And so lo and behold, this baby Jesus comes into the temple and Simeon sees him and he knows that he's the Messiah. And so we come to Luke 2 and I'm going to start in verse 28. He says this, it says this, 
Simeon took Jesus in his arms and he praised God saying, Master, now you're dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Wow, that's amazing. Simeon has one glimpse of Jesus and he's walking in peace. Just one glimpse of the Savior and he is He's declaring peace over his life. Can we just say that Simeon was living in the exact same world that he had been 30 seconds ago? All his same problems were there. Israel was still occupied by Rome. The coming fulfilled salvation was still in the future. And yet he says, you're dismissing your servant in peace. He's living in the same world, but he had a glimpse of Jesus. I know that all of us are living in the exact same world that we were at the beginning of this morning, but will we've worshiped. We've opened the scriptures. Will we allow one glimpse of Jesus to allow us to say, you know what? I'm walking out of here in peace. I'm walking out. Every single day, we have an opportunity to encounter Jesus, the Messiah. Will we allow it to transform our lives and to depart in peace? As followers of Jesus, we can really take a a long, hard look at 2020, and we can say, I'm going to depart in peace, and I'm going to keep giving that peace away. I'm going to go into 2021 and I'm going to walk in peace because we know we have seen the salvation of our God. Our hope is in nothing else but Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the incarnated son of God. He is our hope, the one that allows us to walk in peace. Everything else, everything else pales in comparison to this news of Advent, that God is with us and he's with us in our mess and he's bringing peace. Amen. And so as we're heading to the end here, I want to offer an invitation for us to imitate Jesus, to imitate Jesus. It's not just the truth for him, it's for us, because we're Christians, we're little Jesuses, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so we need to imitate Jesus, Jesus incarnated, and now we are called to be incarnational witnesses to him. And so we don't run away from the mess. We, we enter into it, not to partake, but to transform it through the presence of Jesus, through the loving presence of Jesus. But I do want to make a quick just pastoral note here um, that I'm not asking anybody to take on a burden that God's not calling them to take on. I know a lot of us are in a place where we just feel like, I can't even think about that right now. I, I feel unable to carry burdens. And, and we're not called to emulate Jesus in such a way that perpetuates bitterness and despair and abuse, all these things, right? If, if we're hurting, we need to reach out. We're not meant to do this alone. But the good news is that Jesus doesn't call us to something that he's unwilling to do himself. He has come to us. He's walked through the pain. He knows your pain. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk through these situations. Victory is often small things. Don't think big global things. Think small things, like just choosing to love one person, choosing to forgive one person, you know, uh, choosing to engage with Jesus rather than just escape, whatever that is for you, right? Victory is in the small things. This is enough. And so as we end this morning, I'm going to go ahead and ask everybody to, to stand up here, and, and we're just going to respond to Jesus for a minute. I'm going to give you a few ways that, that maybe God's calling you to respond this morning, and then I'm going to pray over us. 
And so I think there's several ways. I think all of us, hopefully, uh, are practicing some wonder of Jesus during this Advent. I mean, that's, that's for everybody, just to be amazed by Jesus. But there's some practical things that felt like God highlighted. The first thing would be this, to, to anchor this message with spiritual practices. I feel like that's a response for a lot of us, right? When we talk about knowing and believing, the way that this message of God with us, the way it's going to change our lives is if we anchor it in the way we practice our life. Right? You know, we kind of have to practice God with us. We have to get time with Jesus. We have to open the scriptures and talk to him and listen to him. That's how it gets in our life. And we can't just, we can't just know that God is with us. We have to act like God is with us. And so that's one response for maybe some of us. Some of us need to walk as peacemakers in 2020. Uh, we need to be peacemakers in 2020 and 2021 for that matter, right? We need to be peacemakers where we walk, things change. Where we walk, there's peace that's erupting from our lives. We do not partake in the chaos. We transform it through love and forgiveness and peace. We unlearn everything that undermines that peace and we embody that. And I think the last response is, is just this, to receive. Uh, I think some of us are just in a place where we need to receive. Maybe we're not in the place of Simeon where we can just like dance on out of the temple. You know what I mean? Um, well, we need to receive from God. And we need to receive from this God that is so good. He's just so much better than we think he is. He's so much better. Like whatever you think God, whatever, how good you think God is, your mind cannot actually comprehend how good he actually is. And so we need to receive from this God, this God that would incarnate into our mess to bring redemption and love. He is our hope. Advent is about remembering that Jesus came and that he's coming again. And so we can hope in that and receive from him. So wherever you are, let's just quiet ourselves. Let's close our eyes. Wherever you are in your homes as you're worshiping with us, please quiet, you know, quiet yourselves. And, and let's just pray. Let's pray this over us. And, Ask Jesus, what is it that I need to do this morning? How do I need to respond? So Jesus, we do pray, Lord, that you would come, that you would come near right now among us. Jesus, this is just what you're like, Jesus. This is what you've done. This is what you're doing because you are God with us. You are Emmanuel. So Lord, I pray over every single one of us, Lord, that calls this church home, Lord, every single one of us who are tuning in from home, Jesus, every single one of us this morning, that we would know exactly what is our response. Lord, how, how can we respond to you when you are just so utterly good? How can we respond, Lord? We pray that, that we would walk in peace this morning. We pray that we would, we would be peacemakers, Lord, that we would walk out of your changed. Jesus, whatever mess we're walking into, Lord, we pray that we would bring this peace Jesus, that we would be like Simeon every single day meeting with you and saying, I may depart in peace for I have seen your salvation, God. And Lord, I pray for many of us to receive Jesus. I pray that wherever, if we're in the middle of the mess, God, we're in the brokenness right now, God, we need something fresh from you, God. We need hope afresh in you, Jesus. You are the only one. You're the only hope that will not let us down, Lord. So we trust in you and we hope in you. And Jesus, for all of us, I pray that we would anchor this, this message about God with us. I pray we'd anchor it in our lives, God, that we would live it out. We would practice it, Jesus. It would not just be another piece of knowledge that we just toss to the side, Lord, but it would be reality for us. This is reality that you are with us, God. You were, Jesus, you came back then 2,000 years ago, but right now you are with us. You are with us. And Jesus, I pray that each and every one of us would be changed this Advent season. Lord, as we remember you, God, that we would create space to remember that you came and you're coming again. 
and that you are with us right here, right now, in the mess, and that you're bringing peace. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I bless you, every single one of you who are here, who are online, and bless you to walk in this peace, to walk into the mess today. I don't know what mess you've got, but walk into the mess armed with the peace of God because he is with us. Amen. Y'all have a great Advent and a great Sunday.